0: This is Messenger Insight, a podcast program brought to you by Oklahoma Baptist and the Baptist Messenger. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this Baptist Messenger episode. This podcast, we're going to be talking about State Question 820, a vote that's happening on March 7th, right here in Oklahoma, dealing with recreational marijuana. And I'm joined here with two pastors in our state who have written on this topic and have a lot to share. I'll talk to Kenny Mossman, who serves at Carnegie First Baptist Church, and Jeremy Smith at Eastwood in Midwest City. Brothers, welcome. Thanks, Thank Brian. you. Thank you. So here we are, just days away from A Crucial Vote, State Question 820. Normally when you think voting, it's March, or we're not talking March, we're talking November and other elections, but this is a special election. State Question 820 would take our already booming, exploding, out-of-control marijuana industry and take it to the next level of recreational marijuana. If you believe proponents, they would tax it and regulate it, but there's a lot of empty promises and disguised consequences, some of which we're going to be talking about today, but each of you have written, written articles for The Baptist Messenger uh, dealing with this whole topic of marijuana, and I thought we could begin, Kenny, by talking about the one you shared just recently about uh, why State Question 820 was a concern to you and a member of your church. Could yeah. you
1: explain? Well, the member in our church is Eric Stuckman, and he's uh, he's a phenomenal member um, from a um, very unlikely past. He, uh, he was Deeply immersed about, about 11 years ago in the drug culture in Oklahoma and um, uh, and and far beyond marijuana, but is quick to note that marijuana was his entree. and And I realize that's something that we've heard over and over again. But I don't think the the gateway message. Uh, I don't think we can allow it to get tired uh, because it's it's real. And um, Eric wound up all the way into uh, meth, Xanax, and and. Uh, uh, really the deep end of the pool when it comes to, to drug abuse and has, uh, by the grace of God, has been extracted from that. But um, when you talk to people like Eric, who have the hands-on experience, uh, who have experienced uh, marijuana as the first step towards something much more drastic, and then you hear them comment on questions like 820, uh, they they look at our culture um, and just shake their heads because um because they have the first-hand experience. And and I think one of the things I learned as a pastor that I didn't appreciate uh, well enough before uh, was our benevolence ministry. And and so much of that is the dispersion of uh, food, um, sometimes helping people with um, uh, utility bills, that sort of thing. The people who come into our office, which are, are already too many, are people who have substance abuse issues. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to many of them, and I trace it back to it started with marijuana. And so when I talked to Eric at the end of the day, um, when we were writing his the article that appeared in the Messenger, you know, he just said, look, if we know that it has this potential impact, then why would we make it easier? Right. And when that comes out of the mouth of someone who uh, has lived um, the most desperate part of the drug life, it has to carry more
0: gravity. Absolutely. I was so glad he stepped forward to share that testimony. I was speaking in a church context the other day, and we shared about some of the disguised consequences of this bill, how it creates some child endangerment issues and uh, a lot of other problems we could talk about. And a gentleman stands up with a very similar testimony. When I was young, I got involved in marijuana. It led to worse. God saved me out of it, but I want to prevent others from going down this road. Jeremy, in your piece, you talked about Really, before we're voting on recreational, we were already seeing explosive growth in marijuana. And talk about some of the dispensary uh, growth issues and and what
2: you you were observing. Yeah. So, you know, June of 2018 is when we passed State Question 788 and allowed for uh, (laughs) what has been termed as medical marijuana. But we know the uh, licensure that goes for that is so easy to get. Um, there's a very low bar, it's not even a prescription that you have to get, but just a recommendation from a doctor which allows then you to, uh, to purchase that. And so that led to an explosion of dispensaries. I mean, when you look at the number of dispensaries we have in the state of Oklahoma, and you know we have more dispensaries than Baptist churches, as we've talked about, uh, over 2,000 dispensaries now in the state. Uh, we have more dispensaries than gas stations. How many times yeah. do you see a gas station? I know uh, in Midwest City where I am, uh, on one particular road as you're driving down it, uh, one mile section, you'll see seven dispensaries. Wow. And then the next mile section, there's another five. So 12 in the heart of Midwest City. Um, so these continue to, to grow. Um, and shut down. There's a lot of overturn with it. But, you know, the indication of the dispensaries links back to all the grow houses. And we know if you're watching the news, the the danger that's happening there as we see uh, increased crime, uh, both murders and sex trafficking, you know, things that we are concerned with, uh, especially as Baptists, are occurring because of the industry that's just exploding all across our state.
0: Absolutely, and, and in your column you noted one dispensary in particular that pricked your conscience, and
2: you couldn't couldn't get over. Can you talk about that? Briefly? Yeah, yeah. So as I was driving back from Falls Creek uh, a couple summers ago, I was driving up one of the highways off of I thirty five, and uh, I saw a steeple in the sky, and I thought it would be a church. And as I got closer, I saw that the sign had been changed, and it was now a dispensary, and the the white cross had been replaced with a smaller green cross. And that was just, uh, you know, the the thought of the direction of our state when churches are being replaced with dispensaries is a sad commentary for the direction of our state. Absolutely. You know, uh, Dr. J. Rufus Fears used to say that the city
0: skyline tells the character of that city. And sadly, the character of Oklahoma is peppered with marijuana and other vices. Do you you remember that Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life, George Bailey? he, He gets a glimpse of what life would have been like he hadn't lived. And it's a nightmare vision of Pottersville, which is just catering to every person's vice. And and sadly, that's what we're seeing in Oklahoma with gambling addiction, with now marijuana. And the church often, so often, is called on to clean up the messes. But with State Question 820, we want to step in and say enough is enough. Why would it be important, Kenny? You know, you're You're newer to the Mm -hmm. pastorate, but why would you, as a pastor, want other pastors to know? No, this is an issue we should we should speak into.
1: Well, I think most of them are going to be able to relate to what I said earlier about um, benevolence. But uh, you know, I think we live in an area. I'm in western Oklahoma, where there's quite a bit of poverty. There's already a tremendous strain on family lives. Uh, We see a number of disenfranchised children. Uh, we see a number of, of uh, families that are, I know we've become somewhat accustomed, unfortunately, to broken families, but I'm talking about severely broken families. Yeah. And so much of it gets back to substance abuse. And I hear it from our school counselors. I hear it from the law enforcement um, personnel in our area. And, and my concern is, to, to get back to your Pottersville comment, is what kind of world do we want to live in 10 years from now? Yeah. And I, I did an interview I don't know, probably a month or two ago, about sports wagering in Oklahoma. And it, it will put you in the position of having to be uh, viewed as a, as a Pollyanna. And, and I, I understand that. And I lived a long time in a very non-Pollyanna environment. So I, I hope this resonates with people. But not every permissive step we have taken is, can be reviewed as positive. We've seen a lot of very negative things happen every time we've moved this bar. And for some reason, we've become numb to the outcome. And at what point do we say, you know what, that, that's not what we want to look like. That, that's not what we want our lives to be. This is not how we want to challenge families. We want to get back to that day that many of us can remember when, yes, there were still problems, but a whole different set yeah. um, that, it, frankly, were easier to deal with. And as pastors— we don't just pastor our church, and that's especially true, I think, in, in smaller settings. A person said when I went to Carnegie, they said, you're not just going to pastor that church. You're going to pastor that community, and that's true. If we're going to look out across the landscape of our communities, what do, they, what do we want them to look like for our children? And, and right now, it's a pretty dim view, and if we don't start taking some steps to reclaim the ground that we've lost, our children are, are going to grow up and be adults in in an environment that's far worse than the one that we were in. Yeah,
0: yeah. And each of you as pastors have been around, you know, young people and this generation coming up and and uh, just, it's kind of become normalized. You, you talked in your column, Jeremy, about is Oklahoma going to pot? And just that visual of, of both ruining, but also literally the cannabis. And uh, we're seeing big cannabis. uh, Big cannabis is even trying to affect this election. Millions of dollars being poured in. Uh, Former Governor Keating wrote a column for the Tulsa World that said, Recreational marijuana is bad. State question 820 is worse. And you start pointing out that this bill allows for people to smoke marijuana around children, that this bill disallows marijuana addiction to be factored into child custody cases, that there's very a lot of confusion about expunged records and what that would mean. And so we're dealing with a lot of disguised consequences here. Jeremy, as you have conversations in and around youth ministry, are you finding sort of a lax attitude toward it and that people need to
2: know like biblically why this would even be a problem? Absolutely. And and it comes back to I think a little bit of I think about my parents' generation. So my okay. parents graduated in 65 and 66. And, you know, the the views on marijuana and a lot of other moral and ethical issues was very lax in that time of the 60s. And so our perspective on marijuana use, I think, is is resonating and uh, reverberating from that. It's getting more and more accepted. Uh, meanwhile, the THC levels have increased by 15 percent from, you know, we'll talk about that this isn't your parents' pot, right? Uh, yeah. That it's, it's something Completely different, but it's it's just becoming accepted. It's becoming accepted in you know you drive up and down the street and you smell it. I was driving uh, just south of this building this last weekend, and as I was driving up May Avenue, I could smell it through coming through. And my my kids were in my truck, and uh, you know it's a little it's a little disheartening. Uh, you look at the statistics talking about kids um, since 788 passed. Uh, there's been an increase of of THC-related emergency room visits by children from the ages of zero to five. And it's not just kids that have been affected. I know in the state of California, uh, for those in the boomer generation, there has been an increase of 2,000% of THC-related emergency room visits. And so we we are just trying to dismiss it, think it's not that big of a deal. And that's what a lot of the uh, proponents of it will try to put before us and say, it's not dangerous when every statistic points in the opposite direction. I'm, I'm
0: so glad you brought that up and and you know, thinking about marijuana, there's this whole the vape and the edibles, the calls to poison control about children or pets who get into this and in these edibles the the THC level contents even higher. And so people may or may not have kids, but a lot of people have pets too, and, and this is, this can be dangerous there. But biblically, you know, we, we try to be compassionate on the ministry side, but cautionary about uh, steps that would damage someone's life. So we're dealing with March 7th, State Question 820. We've got just a few days left to get out the vote. The polls on this are very tight, and we know that the yes vote will be highly motivated. To be out there, well funded, and uh, the the messages sound fine on the surface, but when you drill down, you see you see the uh, staggering problems. You know, Kenny, um, as, as in your in your capacity, you served on the Ethics and Religious Liberty Committee, and uh, just in these last five years, it seems like we've taken so many more dramatic turns for the worse. Um, is there anything as you? whether it be Eric's testimony, anything that gives you a hopeful note as you consider all this, Kenny, something as you've stepped into the pastorate?
1: Well, I, I do think people are starting to understand that um, culturally uh, the unraveling has to stop at some point. We can't stay on this path. And um, and so I, I see a little more urgency, I think, within our church on on these uh, sorts of things. I, uh, I told our congregation a couple weeks ago that if this measure passes – Many of you will have to increase your giving for us to meet the needs that will be created within our community, and that's that's um, that's not a, a shock statement. It's it's the absolute truth based on what I've seen in just a year in Carnegie. Um, uh, but I'm starting to see some people that are really starting to stand up, and, and I, I hope it's I hope it's widespread. I, I hope we understand we've got a great state. We lost some ground on 788. Um, we need to regain that. And, you know, I, one of the things about the, um, the opposite side of this argument that I see uh, says that, um, you know, life gets so much easier for law enforcement. I, I, I grew up in law enforcement. My dad was a state trooper. I've got law enforcement officers who are on the front lines of the drug task force in our church. And I'm, I haven't heard from any of them that a more permissive approach towards marijuana Will make their jobs easier. I can tell you that there are law enforcement officers in Oklahoma who are quite fearful that their jobs are about to get a lot more difficult if this isn't stopped. And so um, that urgency is encouraging to me, uh, but I I get the sense that we're at a real crossroads right now. I think this is a really important vote because if we are at some point going to draw a line, where's it going to be? And this seems like the right spot. I I think many Oklahomans realize, to Jeremy's point, we never thought we'd see the proliferation of cannabis shops like we've seen in Oklahoma, and there's one on every corner. If that was the case simply over medical marijuana, what is legalization going to look like? And so I think if we'll just apply a little common sense here and start to value what we have in Oklahoma and what we have in these Oklahoma communities, um, I'm hoping this undercurrent of urgency that I think I'm seeing in our church uh, will will become a lot more widespread throughout our state.
0: Good word. Good word. Jeremy had mentioned some statistics on the dispensary on the growery side. Oklahoma actually has more groweries, marijuana groweries than California, a state 10 times our size that's had marijuana 25 years. Even the LA Times has been running articles with concern about the marijuana industry in California. Uh, How much worse condition will we be in? You know, uh, so state question 820 is completely unwise. It's unnecessary. It, It opens up all these adverse effects on individuals, communities. Um, Jeremy, what would you most want pastors or others to know as they go about this, this, and and maybe even boldly speaking out on social media or telling their friends? Uh, give give us a word about all that as we
2: roll a few days away now. Yeah, absolutely. Have the conversations. Uh, I was had a sweet little group of our senior adults Bible study this morning and sat with them and talked about this issue with them and. Uh, and, and there's, there's more uh, opponents to this than I think we realize. Whenever I began having conversations about this a few months ago, uh, specifically about this vote, people were just assuming it's going to pass. Well, I, I'm afraid I, I thought maybe they were right. You know? But then I, I went and I looked at some of the advertisements that were out there that were on social media. And I went and I looked at the comments and these were on their Facebook pages. And how many people were speaking out and saying, we don't need this, this is not good for us. Uh, you know, the the advertisements, it's for the kids. You know, how many times have we been uh, caught with that bait with the hook underneath? And 7% of 788 was supposed to go uh, to education and, and you can see that it has not helped. And so we need to speak against the lies. Uh, we need to speak the truth and we need to, s- be willing to speak to the dangers of this. And there's a, there is definitely a moral danger. Uh, Paul warns people to, uh, to, to not be drunk on wine, right? but to be sober. And this is a, a method of escape. And I think there's a spiritual component here that we as the church should be seeking to meet. If people are trying to escape from their reality through this and, and other drugs and, and other behaviors, how powerful can the gospel of Jesus Christ be in this moment? How much better is the gospel than anything else that someone can fill themselves with?
0: Great word. Gentlemen, thank you for researching all this and, and coming on the podcast. Uh, we'll be uh, encouraging every church to access the resources. Um, go to okomabaptist.org slash sq820. We've got bulletin insert. We've got a fact sheet, slides people could use in their church. We've got you all's articles. Uh, all, all sorts of resources that the church could use. And then in addition, it's worth noting, just building on the point that Jeremy was last making, the No Coalition really is coming together. We're talking about groups like the Cattlemen's Association, the Farm Bureau, the State Chamber. It's not just churches saying, no, this is bad policy, this is bad for Oklahoma, we don't need this. It's several concerned groups who might not ordinarily speak on you know, a social issue together saying enough is enough. We must reject State Question 820. So brothers, thank you for coming on, sharing. Thanks for your ministry with uh, just your church family. And God bless you. And again, go to oklahomabaptists.org slash SQ820. Thank you again for tuning into this podcast. This Messenger Insight has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptists. Visit us at baptistmessenger.com or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptists. Advancing the Gospel Together.